Hi, I'm Antracia Moorings, and this is Unfolding Words, the weekly podcast aimed at sharing biblical truth to offer life for your walk and life for your soul. I am so happy you've joined me again this week. This week, we are going to be camped out in the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. And Mark is one of my favorite gospels because Mark, as a writer, has the gift of painting word pictures that offer descriptive language that doesn't just paint a picture for us to see, but paints a picture to make a point, which is something that the other gospels don't do. So we're going to be looking at where Jesus feeds the 5,000, and it's a very familiar passage of scripture, but I'm hoping that you stick around because there are some things I want to unfold and shed light on that may not be something you've considered before. So let me put these verses in context. Prior to Jesus feeding the 5,000, Jesus had just sent the 12 apostles out on a mission in twos to do what he was doing. So they were getting hands-on training in healing, casting out demons, and doing the work that Jesus had established. Immediately following this, King Herod has a banquet where John the Baptist is beheaded. So by the time we get to the verses that we're going to be looking at in verse 30, the apostles and Jesus were in need of some rest. And as Jesus seeks to find a quiet spot for he and the apostles, a crowd gathers and sees where they're going and follows them into a desolate place. And this phrase, a desolate place, is used three separate times in the ESV version. And there's a reason for that. And we're going to look at that. And so the picture of Jesus with the crowd in the desert, which is what a desolate place represents, would for the ancient Near East readers immediately spark a picture for them, which is in the Old Testament. And they would have thought of Moses in the wilderness with the children of Israel, who had been newly freed slaves, which is chronicled in the book of Exodus. So the readers of Mark would have been steeped in the Old Testament. So all of these images would have been readily available for them. Us in the new millennium, we are not as familiar with the Old Testament. Um, and so we have to do a little research and a little digging to find the connections. So if you remember in the book of Exodus, the children of Israel had just been freed from slavery and they were given the promise of a new life when they arrived in the promised land. But when they are on their trek, they arrive in the wilderness where there is no food and they had stepped out in faith by leaving following Moses and had found themselves in a seemingly impossible situation. And that's when God shows up. So we're going to look at Mark chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 30 through 44 to give us a little context. The apostles returned to Jesus and told them all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. 
and he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place. The hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them to all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, said a blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. So in Mark, we see that this crowd represents the sheep who had wandered into a desolate place with no provision for food. But Jesus, being the good shepherd that he is, he provides food for them. So there's two phrases that I want to hone in on that link this passage to Psalm 23. Verse 34 says he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And verse 39, then he commanded them to sit down in groups on the green grass. Mark is brilliant as an author because he's doing something very intentional here with the references to the sheep without a shepherd and green grass. So think of Psalm 23 and 1. They needed food. And Psalm 23 and 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We're going to see this come into fulfillment when Jesus provides food for this crowd. In Mark 6 and 39, when Jesus instructs everyone to sit down, why does he mention green grass? We know that the Bible is not always specific. We don't know even how any of the disciples looked, but Mark chose to include include this fact that they sat down where the grass was green. This fact always stood out to me, so I did a little research. First of all, the green grass points to the time of the year, according to the NIV Study Bible. It says, grass is green around the Sea of Galilee after the late winter or early spring rains. Why in the world would we even care to know this? Well, the answer can be found in John's version of the feeding of the 5,000. And this is why it's important to read scripture in context and just read it all the way through, because that way you can pick up on details like this. In John, he points out that the Passover was near. And we see this in John chapter 6, verse 4. Now, this is key. Passover celebrated one of Israel's most monumental times in history. This is when God led the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt and freed them from oppression and started to build them into a nation. Suddenly, this story of feeding the 5,000 in Mark is more than just a story about some hungry people. Didn't God feed his people when they were in the wilderness? And when they were in the wilderness, weren't these same people arranged in administrative units of hundreds and fifties, just like Jesus commands in verse 40 of Mark chapter 6? We see this arrangement in Exodus 18 and verse 25, when Moses arranges Israel in groups to help make his leadership more manageable. And then in Mark, it says they sat down in ranks. One commentary says ranks can be read or beds. 
such as beds that are placed in a garden or rows of vines in a vineyard. Jesus is feeding them and nurturing them with physical food and spiritual food. And think of them as plants planted in the green grass, and he's nurturing them and feeding them with this miracle of provision at the hand of the good shepherd. Now, side note, this division is important because Jesus has already been delegating them. We see this in Mark chapter 6, verses 6 through 13, which reports that the feeding of the 5,000 occurs just after the disciples have been sent out to do what Jesus has been doing. So maybe as well as being a miracle, the story is equally as important as an object lesson for the disciples. So when the hundreds and fifties groups are established, it's noted that it will help everyone be satisfied, which is how the 5,000 people in this story are described in Mark 6, chapter 6, verse 42. And this makes sense because someone needs to be Jesus's representatives in the world, both then and now. Followers of Jesus need to do the things he did so that they can be a blessing to those around them. Jesus highlights in verse 34 that the people were like sheep without a shepherd. And again, this is linking to a whole another narrative that's in the Old Testament. It's the idea that leaders, kings and priests had a duty as the shepherds of their people. And yet many of them had completely failed in this. Again, we can go back in the birth of the nation of Israel to see where this idea comes from. In Numbers chapter 27, verses 15 through 17, Moses asks God to appoint his successor, who is Joshua, so that Israel won't be like a sheep without a shepherd. Numbers 27, 15 through 17 says, Moses spoke to the Lord saying, let the Lord, the God, the spirit of spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. And this idea recurs again and again throughout the Bible. In Ezekiel 34, we see that this is a whole attack on bad shepherds and points out that God himself will act as a good shepherd, which is also a very famous description of Jesus. Ezekiel 34 and 14 says, I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. Think of Psalm 23, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Mark Thirty-one uh, In Mark 6, verse 31, it says that he wanted his disciples to rest a while and to have time to eat. And in those days when they ate, they reclined as they ate at a table. So this imagery of lying down in green pastures is tied in with Mark, with him saying that they are going to be resting a while and reclining and eating. Jesus, like God, was providing manna in the wilderness. Psalm 78, 19 says, they spoke against God saying, can God spread a table in the wilderness? And we know the answer to that. Yes, indeed, he can. What Jesus is doing for the 5,000 is showing them that he is indeed the good shepherd who guides and provides. 
in scripture, a desert is correlated with a desert place. And it comes from the root word eremos. And is ironically also where God richly grants his presence and provision for those seeking him. The limitless Lord shows himself strong in the limiting and difficult scenes of our life. A desolate place expresses a lack of population. It doesn't just mean a place that has sparse vegetation. So the root of this word, Eremo, does not suggest a place that is absolutely barren, but it suggests a place that is not designated territory or a place that does not offer free range for shepherds and their flocks. Let's go back to our Psalm 23. Verse 4 says, Even through our walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or we could put in there a desolate place, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. These verses came to life for the 5,000. Verse 5 of Psalm 23 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. This overflowing is seen in the fact that all who were there were satisfied thanks to the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. And there were also baskets left over that the 12 disciples picked up. That Jesus did this for the 5,000 means that he also does this for you. When you find yourself in a desolate place with no provision, Jesus, the good shepherd, shows us that he can spread out a banquet of provision. He can indeed spread a table in your wilderness. And it's not a just enough provision. It's a cup overflowing provision. So Jesus plants you in that green grass and nurtures you with just what you need so you can flourish in all the ways that he sees fit. Many commentators also see this miracle of feeding the 5,000 as an anticipation of the messianic banquet. This is what happens in the age to come where those who are chosen by God share in a rich feast with the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And most striking in this passage in chapter six are the contrasts that happen. As Mark tells the story, we're going to we see a lot of oppositions and contrasts. So let's take a look at those quickly. Jesus withdrew to be alone, but a great crowd followed him. It was a deserted place, but it became a place of abundance. The disciples said, send the people away. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. We only have five loaves and two fish, yet more than 5,000 people ate with 12 baskets left over. And this contrast continues. Note how this grassy picnic banquet follows the banquet of Herod the king. So immediately following um, the verses we read is an account of King Herod, where he has John the Baptist beheaded. This contrast between Herod's death banquet in the palace and Jesus's life-giving banquet in the wilderness is seen very clearly. Herod has an A-list party with select guests, and anyone could come to Jesus's banquet. Jesus shows that he is the true king and shepherd who doesn't need a palace to show who he really is. Instead, the whole world is his kingdom, and he shows his people just how well he provides for them. So when you hear the phrase, the grass is greener, I hope you remember this story of the feeding of the 5,000 and 
I hope that you remember that Jesus is your personal good shepherd. That's it for this episode of Unfolding Words. If you like what you've heard, I love if you could share this episode with a friend and make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. You can also contact me at unfoldingwords.com. Until next time, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.